0: This is the Matters of Influence podcast, creating awareness and alignment today to become your best self tomorrow. With your hosts, Debbie Frapp and Terry Foster Nowland,
1: we're live. (laughs) We're absolutely. We are live. This is our very first Zoom that we've done, and uh, we're really excited to be able to do Zoom. And uh, so Debbie Frapp here, Terry Foster-Nalland, and we have an amazing guest, Dave Jinks, today. So let me introduce our guests really quickly before we dive in. Awesome. For over 40 years, Dave has been a promoter of individual freedom and service-oriented enterprises. As a teacher, speaker, and author, he has become a respected thought leader. I know I definitely hold you in that category. Thank uh, you. Dave's life is driven by curiosity, joy, and love. And after many, many years in real estate, he's been on an entrepreneurial venture. And the motto that you'll find on DaveJinks.com reads futurist on a free enterprise mission. Right. He's founded Free Enterprise Warriors. He's done over 50 warrior podcasts and helped launch master networks of business for business-to-business companies' uh, referrals with a learning-based foundation. And what we're really excited to learn more about today is in March of 2014, he went on a three-year homeless journey, traveling around the U.S. with two mountain bikes, golf clubs, and casual clothing. He played over 235 different golf courses, stayed with over 200 Airbnb, Airbnb hosts, and visited over 70 national parks, and was in every uh, every continental state at least twice.
0: Right.
1: His past 10 years has been a spiritual journey. His personal memoirs, which I can't wait uh, uh, can't wait to get that published and and have it in my hands, is the book called Seeker: A Journey Towards Wisdom. It's not yet published. You're expecting that this year, right?
0: Hopefully, that's the plan. I mean, we have podcasts done, and we have the first draft done, so it'll get done this year.
1: It's awesome, and I'm really excited about your current project that you're working on, The Seven Incarnations of God. Yeah. Dave, thank you so much for joining Terry and I today on the Matters of Influence podcast, and for this episode that we're titling, Your Journey Matters.
0: Yes, and it does matter. It does matter, and you aren't always sure where it's going. You Uh, know, I think that's one of the things. I mean, I always loved, um, uh, the, the quote, uh, you can only see to the next bend in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's part of life. I mean, you can do planning. I'm a big believer in goal setting and planning and envisioning and all of that. But the truth is that you really only can see to the next bend in the river. So just paddle like mad, right. You know, Garth Brooks, the river, if you, if yeah. you, if you remember that song, that's inspirational in that same way. So, you're trying to stay between the banks on that river and uh you don't exactly know where it's going to go but you're going to steer it where it goes absolutely,
2: absolutely. Yeah. and then you're
0: going to trust it right and trust it oh absolutely and the higher you think and the more you trust the mission you're on you know in your relationship with god the 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 the, the better that path is for sure yeah
2: yeah you know you know, Dave. When I was looking over what you sent us, um, even though I've known you for many years um, and know and known what you've done with the company that we've been with, I I was looking at your your fact sheet. Yeah. And I was looking at the education and the degrees and the learnings that you yes. you had, and I'm like, so what did Dave want to be when he grew up? Exactly. That, that was my first question I wrote down. Well, what you did know, you want to be when you grew well, up? Well,
0: you know what it is. I wanted to be a teacher. And I've always been a teacher. It's really funny, Gary and I kind of sat together as we were writing the books. And we did a lot of, of course, brainstorming together. And he said, you know, we're just two guys that love to teach. Mm. And that really is it. I mean, Gary has built this massive company, of course, you know, the world class company, and he's a multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever. But the point is, what he loves most to do is teach. And I would just say for me, that's really it. I mean, I loved being an executive in, in Century 21, ran a seven-state division, mm-hmm. loved being a leader and a performer and a guide, you know, and a, and a crafter of the models with uh, with Keller Williams. And I love that with this new company, I've been called in to advise Master Networks, helping them build their university. But in the end, you know, it's always about learning and it's always about teaching. And as you noticed on my fact sheet, I did a lot of learning before I got in the world of business.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's what stood out to me. As a matter of fact, I start. I Debbie. I went to college to be an elementary education teacher.
0: Isn't that interesting? Yes.
2: Yeah, that's interesting because it you're still
0: working experience. with you're still working with children in the who happen to be adults. Yes, <laughs> I,
2: yeah, that's kind of the way I I framed it that way. I just said you know I'm still teaching just adults. That's um, right. The children would have not been in good care after a long day with me, probably. I Uh I can do better with my grandchildren. Debbie did the same thing. So Uh I think that's a common thread that we found in our industry, that a lot of us had this passion and our purpose we knew was to teach, give away, um, mentor, whatever whatever we wanna call it, right?
0: But you know what the uh, difference is with the two of you, and this is really important because I'm just gonna say it, there are so many people in the world today that say they wanna be coaches or they're yeah. trying to be coaches, but often they're doing that as a way to escape their, their sales job. You know. Sure. And, and I think that what I find is what I love about the two of you is you are credible as coaches because you've been achievers and you've done it and you've succeeded at, at sales and leadership and marketing. And you know what that is, you know, the challenges of it. So now you can be a credible, a guide and a teacher.
2: Constant Important. learning. I mean, still, we're, we're constantly learning. In fact, the reason we're doing this Zoom is because last week at our family reunion, <laughs> we scheduled with a consultant to find out what we can do better. Yes. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are so, Zooming it.
0: Well, that's it. You know, as I told you before we started that, you know, I really don't like to do Zoom because everyone gets to see my old face. And, uh, you know, and I can't cover that up. I'm not doing the plastic surgery and all that stuff. But I mean, my voice doesn't sound old, but, you know, the face, the face. Well,
1: and your spirit <laughs> of energy is definitely not old. I can tell you. Well, no, you for
0: that. sure that. No, for sure not that. That was a fun I got to do, you know, Terry uh, at family reunion. I got to be and they put me in a room that held 3,600 people. It I was just amazing. And actually, I was, I was behind stage ready to come out. And, and I was thinking, oh, my God, what if there's only 500 people? You know, no one in the company knows who I am. I mean, so I've been away for 10 years. What if I come out there and there's like, it's all scattered all over the place. I, I really had that thought. And then of course I came out and the place was packed. So
2: yeah. that was wonderful. Even Dave was having those thoughts. Go figure. Well, no,
0: you know, you really all, I mean, people have to understand. And it's part of the message I gave to them that day was, we all uh, deal with doubt and discouragement, sometimes even depression. And things go wrong and we wonder about why, you know, and why aren't they working out better? And that's part of the big thing in life is learning how to deal with adversity. I mean, that's one of the things that Gina and I teach. We actually have a a session we do together. My wife, Gina and I are called coming out of adversity because we both have, have led lives just totally filled with all things that if you looked at it, you'd say, wow, their life was a mess, right? Everything went wrong, but out of it, you keep your optimism, you keep your hope. You keep your can-do, you keep your work ethic, and you keep learning, as you said, and you go for it.
2: Absolutely, they were just bends yeah. in the road, weren't they? The adversity. That's was all. The, well, they <laughs> are bumps,
0: bumps, That's bends, the- learning, learning experiences, or you know what I think? I mean, the Buddhists say life is suffering. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Scott Peck starts his book, you know, "The Road Less Traveled," with the sentence, "Life is difficult."
2: Yes. And
0: he said, "But when you realize that." then it, it gets easier. And all I would say about that is you just accept it for what it is. You go, this is life. That's right. Whatever is, gets thrown at me, this is just life. I can learn from it. I can grow from it. Usually, I, I'll tell you, it was one of, when I was recovering from being an alcoholic and I was talking with my son about that, I'd just come out of a few weeks of AA and I was having a discussion with him about it and how just uplifting an experience that was and how it had got me back in touch with God. And he said, isn't it interesting, Dad? He said, God gives us um, the, uh, the bread of adversity uh, and the water of affliction so we can eat and grow. Mm-hmm. Isn't wow. it? The bread That's of adversity beautiful. and the water of affliction. And I go,
2: That's amazing. That what a lesson. Me, that gave me, just, yeah. that just brought a big visual in my mind when you said that because I can see water. And I can see bread. And yeah. And that is the nourishment,
0: awesome. right? That's the nourishment. Right. So this, these, these are not put in your way uh, to make life uh, not worth living. It's put in your way to make life truly worth living.
2: Yeah. Well, you were just very transparent saying what you said. And the beauty of that is that that's going to feed people that are listening, knowing, oh, they mess up too, right? Or we yeah. have bumps in the road too. And even, you know, based on what you said. In fact, I wrote down when you were saying that I'm like, so when was the first remembering day that you had that failure or a bump or the bend was the sign to moving forward? Like, when do you remember go- accepting it that this was, okay, this is my time to go for me to pee, as you put it, or as we can put it? Or I think forward. it caught
0: it caught me by surprise at a very dark moment. So you know, I, I lived life as a lot of us do. I was trying to prove myself. I was trying to be okay by, through my achievements, trying to impress my father because I was the oldest boy and high expectations, and it uh, wasn't a very loving family. I mean, it, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it. It was, a, it, was a, it was a loving family, but dad was also an autocrat, right, and a dictatorial guy. Made things tough. Anyway, uh, I was just trying to prove myself, and so I, I was a high achiever right i mean i was driven i i did well yeah. in athletics i did well in school i got my degrees i did all this thing i did pretty well in my early jobs but then i reached this point in my life where where i was dealing with my own discouragement and my disappointment and my own sense of being a fraud right being a face man being just kind of like good on the outside but you know my my inner life was just crumbles my my, I was divorced I had young kids they they had moved across the country I say all that because then uh, in the in the in early January of 1983 uh, I went out to walking out in the Adirondack Mountains to go freeze to death that was going to be my method of of suicide I was going out walking out in at a you know zero degree whatever it was single digit temperatures going to go out there lay down on a blanket and freeze to death Mm-hmm. uh and that was the plan and so in that walk out into that woods on a beautiful beautiful january day in the adirondack mountains i started having a conversation with god i mean it began as a conversation with myself but how does it, how else does god show up that's
1: true. that's true like,
0: but, through, but through your own internal self talk and true. so i'd ask questions and then i'd answer the questions and i'd ask you know and i'd have you know and and they were troubled questions but the answers got to be more optimistic anyway, I realized in retrospect, I had a conversation with God and at the end of it, I realized I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I certainly didn't need to die. Mm-hmm. And I came back and a wonderful lady helped me get into um, a, a psychiatric ward of a hospital. This is really funny. If you, ha- you haven't lived till you've spent three weeks in the psychiatric <laughs> ward of a hospital as one of the inmates, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's just astounding, you know, uh, and anyway, you get perspective on things. And I came out of that with a, with a healthy perspective. And the one insight was, and I'll just share this with people is that, um, is that when I looked inside, I said, Dave, you are doing the best you can and you're okay. You're not a face man. You've got substance. You're not just trying to please other people. Although I was, and you don't need their recognition, which I thought I did, just understand that the reason you're doing things, whether they like it or not, is because you think it's the right thing to do. Mm. And kind of that just sort of was this turnaround moment. And I've had other times in, in my life, like the alcoholism that I had to deal with. But the point was, that was a key moment of understanding that this journey was mattered and I was okay.
1: Wow.
2: Debbie, you and I were just having that discussion we, with the last podcast we, we recorded was about purpose.
1: Yep. And yes. one of
2: the things we didn't actually get to dive into was I've done it. Like I, I was working for recognition. I was working yes. to please others. I, I was working myself sick. Yep. And you can yes. Be, you can be addicted to alcohol. You can be addicted to busyness. You can be addicted to work. And last yes. night when we were talking, in fact, sometimes you, you can get on social media and see that in other people and you hurt for them as you're like, you do. And, you do. and we were talking in our life group last night about the whole turn, the whole philosophy of being still. And when you can learn to do that and you can learn to let God speak to you or whoever speaks to you, yes. um, for me, it's God too. And that's when the work begins. And so I I can feel Debbie Frapped. She's burning with a question right now. I can feel I the energy around that. <laughs> but she's being so. Anyway.
1: But
0: she's being so disciplined.
1: <laughs> she is. This, oh, <laughs> I, I <can laughs> me. It, it bubbles it up. So I can feel her though. Yeah. So Dave, the, this question that I have, and and of course I was just, I was so curious about this homeless journey. Yes. And then I see the title of your book because my first question was, wonder what he was. Was he moving away from something or towards something? Then I see the name of your book. Seeker, a journey towards wisdom. That doesn't seem like an accident that it's titled that way. Would you just... Say- no, it
0: isn't because I don't... You you certainly never achieve wisdom. You're moving toward it, right? right. You're trying to increase yes. the amount of wisdom you have in the way you understand and, and experience life.
1: Yeah. yeah. So... um to go on that journey, and especially for the period of time that you did, when, would, when did you make that decision, this is what well, I'm going to do?
0: Yeah, well, it was interesting because I had just been at the end of a five year relationship uh, with a woman, and uh, it hadn't kind of worked out very well, although I stayed very much with it, and we went through therapy and all that, and finally came to the decision that this wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so I was now living by myself. Uh, in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, and I wrote a text to my son. It was in January of, of 2014. And I said, you know, Jeff, I said, uh, you know, it's, it's cold. It's, you know, like minus seven degrees. It's icy and snowy. I don't like winter weather. I can live anywhere I want. What am I doing here? <laughs> mm. Right. And I started to think about where do I want to live? And then I realized that I really don't have a place that is home. I mean, I have places that I've lived and they felt like home, but I had no place now that was home. And then I realized was that in so much of my life, I've been a road warrior, as we were talking earlier. I'd start teaching in Tulsa and move to Oklahoma City and go in a week and then I'd do Dallas and then then I'd do another circuit, you know, in in another time. So I've always been a road warrior. I was kind of the Johnny Appleseed of Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I really love life on the road, which I do. So I said, you know what? Why don't you just go on the road? Just go on the road. So, you know, I got a rack for my mountain bikes and put them on the back and my golf clubs and kind of generally began a journey. I didn't know where it would go, right? I mean, I probably, I had a, maybe a general idea of the way I'd circuit the country, stay out of the snow, right? It was sort of like, like no, no snow.
1: <laughs> oh, it was this, snow. this was it.
0: Well, no, no snow and no hundred degree days.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: So okay. there it was, right? It's the north-south thing. So, anyway, I, so I just said, you know, this wouldn't this be fun? And I just started on that journey, and uh, it was just wonderful. And I felt no pressure to do anything. Uh, I felt no pressure to have a relationship. I mean, it's it's funny around the around the journey. I stayed with four exes. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, Nothing romantic, you know, that wasn't the point. They were friends, right? So I'd stay, stayed with them, but I did had no dating relationships, no romantic relationships, and that was okay. That was clean because it was, you know, and there was no sort of um, uh, uh, occupational or achievement thing going on. It really was, and I know you mentioned the three words, curiosity, joy, and love. I was with a a Buddhist therapist in Boulder, And she said to me, she asked a great question. She said, Dave, what three words drive your life? And by the way, I believe magic comes in threes. If you ever ask somebody, don't say what's the one thing, say what are the three things? I don't mean that. I don't, I'm not taking away from the one thing of focus, right? Right. But I'm saying when you just, when you say, well, what's the one most important thing in your life? People struggle with it because, oh, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? But when you say, tell me three things that are important in your life, bam. They come just like that. So she asked me that question. What are three words that, that guide you? And, I, and right just instantly, I said, curiosity, joy, and love. Wow. And she Amazing. went, wow. Where did, they, you know, where did that come from? Or what does it mean? And I said, well, curiosity is I've done a lot of learning in my life where I thought I had to learn it. Right? Or I've done a lot of reading where I thought, I, oh, I ought to read that book. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I said, no, and now I'm only going to explore things that inherently I'm curious about. Second thing is, um, uh, you know, I've I've done a lot of activities because I thought I should, you know, exercise more, work on this, do that. You know, I said, no, I'm only going to do activities that are inherently joyful in the doing, not in the outcome, but in the doing. And then I said, I've hung uh, hung around with a lot of people because I thought I had to. And I said, nope, I'm only going to hang out with people I love. And uh, so that's that. Those are now the three words that drive my life.
2: I those are like three value words, as they are three it, value words, are in total alignment
1: with it. You just, she, he has totally aligned those three words. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. I love it. Well, Davis, yeah. was there a, was there a time on this three-year journey that I'm sure you had lots of pivotal moments? What was one that really just was transformational for you? Yeah.
0: Hmm, it's really interesting. I, I would say it wasn't a moment because I find that sometimes, I mean, transformations can be moment like my first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting or that walk in the woods, you yeah. know, where you kind of all of a sudden have an aha and it turns around. But a lot of the real learning, the mov- movement toward wisdom is a little slower than that. It's kind of a process, right? So one of the wonderful processes is what I call windshield time. So one of the things you get to do driving if you don't fill yourself with media, right? So a lot of that driving, I never listened to music, I didn't listen to books, I didn't listen, I mean, I did some of that, but, but a lot of the time, I was just driving, mm. experiencing what I was seeing, mm. and then also letting my mind wander. And what I did at least three times on that journey was review my entire life, starting for as early as I could remember, and then the more I would review it, the more things would occur to me that I had forgotten about that I did or happened to me or people I got to know, you know, that kind of thing over time. And so in that sort of revisiting my life, I came to this sense of the journey toward wisdom that I'd been on. I got to see why I did all that work working on doctorates in in psychology yeah. and educational psychology. And I got to realize, wow, when I was when I just decided that I would, um, when I, when I had my first season, when I was a sophomore in college, every season of my life, I played a sport. Mm. So, right. It was football, basketball, baseball. And every season I did that in, in, in my first year in college, I did that same thing. And then I came to my second year and realized that, it, that there, my school didn't have football, it had soccer. And I had played soccer, actually, though I never had played it ever before as a freshman, but I wasn't good enough, you know, to be on varsity. Uh, I mean, I was on the team, but I wasn't going to play much. And I realized I really, that was not a good use of my time. So anyway, I kind of walked off after talking to the coach and I went, well, what do I do now, you know, with this free time? Isn't that funny how you think about your life's packed with a bunch of stuff, but if Why, you're you if know? you're if you're used to I, packing your life with stuff, when something opens, you go, "Wow, what do I do with this free time?" Yes, <laughs>
2: yeah, I can just log off
0: now. He totally validated. No, that's, that's it. No, so
2: lesson. there's no, so then lesson. so what happened?
0: What what's really what happened was, I said, yeah, I went over to the student newspaper office, and I said you know, I love sports. Do you need anyone to write about sports? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all volunteer. Right. So I became kind of a sports writer uh, for the newspaper. Then I enjoyed it so much. I became feature editor. And in my junior year, I became senior editor. I was editor of this college newspaper, came out every, fr- every Friday. And that responsibility to keep together and, you know, put together this, this paper from scratch and do headlines and what stories and all that stuff. And I learned the art of writing journalistic stories, which has its own set of skills. Right. So when I, when I review that, the reason I, I just point that out is that that learning experience, I mean, one is I also learned how to type fast. You know, I used to learn how to keyboard because if you're doing, you know, in those days it was typewriters. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. It was it really, it was typewriters. That's right. uh, yes. Yeah. You know, and, but you learn your keyboard skills.
1: Yeah.
0: And so the fun, the fun thing about when I look back on all these things is that these experiences happen, and here's the, here's the fundamental wisdom I've come to with people. And I said this to my grandson when he went away to college and said, what would your, be, your advice be to me, grandson? I said, whenever you take a course, ask yourself, what is it I want to learn in this course that I can use the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Or what skill am I building that I can build on the rest of my life? And see, I think a lot of kids go to college now, and they don't have that sense of why they're there. Right. But, but so what I realized looking back on my life is that I was doing, it's a concept I call it now, I was increasing my bandwidth. As I got to do more and more activities or learn more and more things, I got to be bigger and bigger at the things I could do. And so when it came later to sitting down with, uh, with Gary and Jay and, and writing our books, I mean, I, I'm a journalist. I practice writing. I knew words. I knew how to do all that, you know, but that was, you know wow. that that was something that just happened. When, same thing with learning the skill. Uh, when I first got into selling, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about selling. I was VP of Sales and Marketing of a graphic arts company. I'd been in education all my life, mm-hmm. and uh, so I took the Dale Carnegie Sales Course. Well, mm-hmm. it's a brilliant course. Yeah, I learned there's yeah. an art and a skill to selling, mm-hmm. and now I began to understand selling at a at a bigger in a bigger way, right? And okay. that's shown up all the way through. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. I, I just love that because all of the reflection time, that windshield time, yes. allowed you, it sounds like, to connect the dots and how they were out- related to yes. your journey and to your path.
0: Yes, it, it did. Yes. And, it, and, and when it crystallizes, what you said earlier about taking quiet time. You know, When you meditate or take quiet time and you don't try and fill it with anything, what comes in there is wisdom. What comes in there is, is ahas. Right? Yeah. What comes in there are things that matter to you. Right. uh when you when you leave that open space for them to arrive
2: we, we get into conflict when we feel like we have to be doing something all the time and until we, we let our brain rest
0: you we know, do.
2: and clear clear out
0: you and, said and, earlier and, and I honestly, mean busyness is a, a, is an addiction
2: I, and, and this last year my coach has helped me, one of my coaches has helped me with just Jerry, start with five minutes just no no you know totally quiet time in fact yes my husband said, I want you to ask Dave, um, if you can't just pack up and go on a, you know, a three year unintentional <laughs> journey, like if you can't leave and go, well, you but know, you always can, you by the way, to, others to do. Right? no, you
0: can. So first of all, don't say you can't. Okay. That would be start there. So you make a plan for it. I mean, it's like, uh, this, this friend of my dad's came home. They love to go sailing together on Lake Ontario. And my dad said, guess what, guess what Marsh is going to do? And we said, what he's going to sail around the world. We went, How Oh, to? wow. Really? Yeah. Like when? He said, oh, and he said, it'll take him. He said, probably in about 10 years because he had to get his business right where he could leave it for that time. He had to get, mm. get the right size boat. He had to need to learn how to do, you know, uh, the, the navigation on oceans and all that stuff. But the point is, if you say to yourself, you know, I'd like to take a journey like Dave did, maybe a year, maybe three months, but I'd like to take this kind of a journey, then just put it on your plan, right? Yeah. And you'll right. find the place for it. But I think the thing that you were saying earlier, which is, I think that you, you want to, and this is what I've learned even more deeply from Gina, you know, my wife, because she is a master meditator and she helps people. She's a healer and she's got that, that wisdom. And so I've learned even better how to meditate and how to do deep kind of neuroscience based theta level meditation, where you really can change the way that you perceive things and see things right at that level of meditation. So I would just say to everybody, Take time out of every day, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20, to just get quiet and let whatever God wants to give you show up.
2: You know, some of the pastors of some of our largest churches um, across the country, which I am part of one. I'm thankfully part of one. Those pastors are so involved in what we're talking about. When years ago we used to look at that as not being spiritual or whatever. And we're watching our pastors get into this and do yes. the same thing. And yeah. Cause it, is, and it, is, a saying, it is a, a spiritual,
0: spiritual practice. It is a spiritual practice.
2: Yeah. And, and we, we know that our leader did that. Yep. You know, yeah.
1: we read about that in the Bible and we don't put it in that context. So you know, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, Dave, as we, as we kind of wrap up on this journey, I, I'd love to know two things. Number one, when did you know that that three years of the homeless journey when you were done with that. And then the second question is, as you continue on seeking this journey towards wisdom, what's next for you? Yeah.
0: Well, two big questions. I would just say that uh, I was wintering in Tucson. I found that, uh, by the way, Tucson is a wonderful place to winter because the temperature is perfect and there's no rain or sun. It's perfect, right? Now, you don't want to be there in the summer, but it's it's got mountains and golf courses and mountain bike areas. And it's just, you know, it's just phenomenal place. So I was, I was wintering there and I I just went on a hike and I realized it was time that I needed a woman in my life. I wanted a woman in my life. I didn't, I didn't need it, but I wanted that. It was time for that. I wanted to, and I don't know where that came from. You know, it was just, it was just time and that that would be, that that would be part of the next part of my journey, right? I mean, it wasn't quite, wasn't quite thinking of it so sequentially like that. That sounds like you know an an analytic plan i know it was just this awareness and so i uh i did a um a three part post on facebook uh that talked about that and then included a missing person report
2: i love that
0: <laughs> yes. i remember that I, really
2: do. I love that
0: did you get to read the uh, did you read my it was a very revealing uh a post by the way a series of posts very revealing i mean very authentic very revealing uh, and true I think, and anyway, so uh, a good friend, a good guy I I had gotten to know well at Kell Williams International, Kevin Weber, read it, went to his wife, Lisa, Lisa LaPasso, and said, Lisa, read this, read this. She kind of went, okay, she read it, and they both looked at each other and went, Gina. Isn't that interesting? So they reached out to Gina, and Gina would have never had any interest in me if it wasn't like an endorsement from Uh a good friend of hers, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, really, I was way too much older than her and, you know, and all that stuff. And, and um, but Lisa said, no, you'll, this guy's a good guy. You'll, you know, I don't know if anything will happen, but you need to reach out to him. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, she did. And that's a whole story in and of itself. But we just knew right away, almost in our, well, really in our first phone call, we knew wow. that we were meant to be together. And of course, it just happened. And, yeah. and then you ask, what's next? Well, I think what's, what's been ex- wonderful in this last three years for me, has been the exploration of my emotional side. Because mm-hmm. Gina, and I know you do a podcast with her, really has this emotional, empathetic, healing nature to her. Yes. And so being around that and with that has been so wholesome for me. I actually pay her for a two-hour session every every week. I pay her because wow. I don't, I don't want to be treated like a husband. I want to be treated like a client. That's wow. awesome. Do you understand the difference? Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's like real. I'm putting it and so... Uh, we do uh, maybe not every, maybe three out of four weeks, we'll do an energy session uh-huh. and we'll do some time uh, on her vibroacoustic table uh with crystals and, you know, and energy work, but you Reiki, you know, what you call Reiki. Mm-hmm. And then she'll take me into a deep theta level meditative state. I mean, they used to call it hypnosis, but it's, that's, it's very, from a neuroscience point of view, it's very similar. Yeah. You go there and deliver positive messages and that you're, are appropriate for wherever you are in your life. And so we do that, right? So my growth in this three years has been wonderful in that emotional expressive nature. And people who know me, Terry, like you is, would say, Dave's more energized than I've ever seen him. Yeah, Dave's more authentic and powerful than we've ever seen him. Yeah. He was good before, but wow, he's really yeah. different now, right? I mean, it's yeah. that kind of thing. And I feel that. So now I feel I'm coming back just like you're giving me the opportunity to share this message, you know, of how you build your life's journey. I'm not a preacher. I'm a teacher. And so I'm not preaching to people, but I am sharing my experiences. And that's what happened at family reunion. You know, that 3,000 people were touched. I can't tell you all the messages I've gotten since then about how important that session was to them individually. And so what I know is everyone's dealing with difficulties in their life. Almost everybody is. And if I can be of some help to them in getting the mindset you know, uh, and the strength to deal in the sense of purpose to deal with what they're dealing with, then that's great. And so that's what I'm doing.
1: Wow. Well, I love it. I, I just, yes, I, I love that. And I could honestly say you were, you were the very first teacher that I was exposed to and leader, uh, whenever I joined Keller Williams in 2004 and wow. I could definitely feel, feel you and feel, know that you had been on this spiritual path and journey whenever I saw you at family reunion last week. Thank you.
0: No thank, no, thank you for that. Thank you. And I think the other thing is it's about this reconnection because Keller Williams has gone through what I consider kind of a desert, right? I mean, the last four years of grow, 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 recruit, 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 all that top-down heavy-duty management really isn't in the, in the, in the path of Keller Williams. Right. Uh, and it may have driven certain kinds of growth, but it also lost some things, Right. I heard that from many people. So now I feel yeah. in the last year now that Gary's back involved, now that he's invited me to be back involved and other people and you could feel it at family reunion, the culture is being renewed. Don't you both think that?
2: Oh. Yeah, it's kind of like and, uh, and, back And that's back important. In the game, I feel like I can step up again and Well, and
0: that's and we want that because this company is a company of destiny, but you have that's to right. be true. You have to be true to your to your original vision. Right. If you're going to be a company of destiny and we slid off the track. Now we're getting back on it. And now we have the chance to change t- hundreds of thousands of people's lives.
2: You know, one of the books that Gary really did push out was the infinite you know, the infinite game. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were kind of in that finite stage and it's like everything's come off. It's, inter- it's just fun being back in the same room with him again, hearing <laughs> some right. of the same, I feel like, oh, I know that.
0: Um, that's right that's right well he's renewed he's he's a different person
2: you know for
0: those of us for those people who found him a little harsh and arrogant and a little uppity you know he's much he's much warmer and caring and loving and he understands the power of the culture too right and Mm -hmm. so and he's and he's you can feel it in any meetings that's the way he interacts with he's still the brilliant visionary that he always has been but now there's more heart in it i think
1: that's right that's right well, wow. wow. Thank you. We could go on for hours. We could. Wow. We could go on we can. for hours. Well, we
0: can, do, we can do part two another time sometime. We'll do part okay?
1: two
2: another time. Yeah. <laughs> when, when will you be teaching again? Do you have
0: any dates? Well, what's interesting going on, and they, and they should just pay attention to um, uh, probably our, our Facebook site because okay. we open that up to anybody, but uh, we've got a whole circuit we're doing out on the West Coast in June. Okay. Uh, I'm doing two events uh, that are more kind of specialized one in uh, the the top 100 agents, that kind of place, you know, that I've been invited in to do. And but what's happened is because of family reunion and all of this, the requests for us to come and teach are really just going big. Right. So there'll be a lot of a lot of dates coming up for sure.
2: That's beautiful. And and we have a lot of listeners that have nothing to do with real estate too. So Well, and
0: one, be... well one of the things, you know, I'm a keynote speaker at uh, Master Network's annual meeting uh, late in April, April okay. 21st or 2nd in that uh, that range. Or no, 16, 17 in that range. Okay. Uh, so they can reach out to Master Network's. Master Network's, by the way, just feels a little bit to me like Keller Williams did when I joined it in '96, it's it's small. It's about three thousand people, but its vision is big, and I think it could go very big. Beautiful.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. well, we know DaveJinks.com is your website. And, that's right. Yeah,
0: though that's a good place. And all of kind of all of my real estate stuff, all of my personal development stuff, all of my entrepreneurial mm-hmm. stuff, really is there. When you go yeah. to it, just go to the bottom of the page. There's a bunch of buttons you can cook, uh, click on to go yeah. listen to things that I've done. Yeah.
2: Beautiful. There are a lot of buttons
1: to click on. I yes. looked at last <laughs> them. Well, we, I just want to thank you for your, for your vulnerability, right. for your, for your energy thank and you. for your joy. And I, I just love curiosity, joy, and love. All <laughs> impressive ah, today. That did it right. for you. Yep. Thank, you. It, yeah. thank you. Thank all you. Thank you. All right. And I guess we will close out by saying thank you so much for listening to the Matters of Influence podcast we recommend that you uh that you like us and give us a rating Absolutely. and uh let's see what else do we need to do i guess we we
2: uh, also go to our facebook page yes. where dave we're gonna blow up social media with you i hope that's okay
0: yep. you are you are welcome to do it
2: okay and our mattersofinfluence.com website we have a, we have a website like dave you just don't have
1: that many buttons yeah. you're good. working
0: on it you're working on yeah. the buttons <laughs> yes. so,
1: Well, and just be the best you that you can be and we That's look right. forward to talking to you on our next episode stay tuned yes. thank you Dave